welcome to the Financial Planning for Canadian Business Owners podcast. You will hear about industry insights with award-winning financial planner and entrepreneur, Jason Pereira. Through the interviews with different experts with their stories and advice, you will learn how you can navigate the challenges of being an entrepreneur, plan for success, and make the most of your business and life. And now, your host, Jason Pereira. Hello and welcome to the Financial Planning for Canadian Business Owners podcast. I'm your host, Jason Pereira. Today on the show, I have Cato Pastol, CEO of Lightning Loop. Cato came in for a conversation today about personal and business credit ratings, as well as talk about what he does at Lending Loop, which is an alternative lender to small businesses. And with that, here's my interview with Cato. Hello, Cato. Hi, Jason. How are you doing? Good. Thanks for coming in. Thanks for having me. So Cato Pastol, CEO of Lending Loop. Tell us about Lending Loop. Yeah. So Lending Loop is an online marketplace lending platform. What we do is connect small businesses that are looking for an affordable source of financing with yep. investors who want to lend money to their businesses. You know, so I, I realized I brought you in uh, for one thing, which is specifically talking about credit ratings. But we're going to spend some time at the end talking about your platform for raising money, because that is equally important to small business owners. So okay. stick around for that. That's my that's my incentive to sit, sit around for the entire podcast. Like I said, first reason I brought you in was to under, understand credit credit scores, not specifically just personal, but the business credit scores, which a lot of people don't even realize they have, or if they do, they don't know where to find it. And they really just or have no idea what goes into it. So let's start off by talking about personal credit scores. What goes into that? And how do people basically best behave in order to make that happen? Yeah, that number go up. That is absolutely so. Um, you know, personal credit scores are you know now becoming more and more available, especially in Canada. I'd say over the kind of the last 10, 15 years, there's definitely been a lot more awareness brought to the market around what is a personal credit score, what yeah. does it mean, and and why should I care about? Well, you it? get tons of free ones sent to you. I got three different emails a month <laughs> now telling me what my credit score is. Yeah, that is the case, and and I think you know with all of that comes more complexity too. I think sometimes people pay too much attention to what their credit score is, but at the end mm. of the day, it is an important factor because if you're looking for credit or you're looking to build a relationship with the supplier, credit scores do come into play. And so people should yeah. be aware of them. It's, it's very helpful to have at least some awareness. It's almost like people. a form of insurance. You know, you don't need it until you need it. When you need it, you really need it. Yeah. <laughs> like, and it can cost you for not having it. Absolutely. Yeah. So, you know, let's talk about the sources for credit, for credit scores before we get into the free sources. We'll get to that. And I'm going to plug a couple other companies, not just yours. <laughs> so basically the big two players, Equifax and TransUnion, right? Yeah. In Canada, those are, those are the big two. Correct? Yeah. And there's a number of free credit score reports you can get. So yours first, we're going to talk about. So the website for that. So we have a website that we built recently. It's called getloop.ca. Mm -hmm. uh, and that offers both consumer and business credit, uh, credit scores for free. Excellent. And then there's other ones, uh, Borrowell, uh, Credit Karma the big one out of the US, also Canada, Canada. Yep. But as far as I know, you're the only ones who offer a business one that I've seen. Correct. Yeah. So in market today, we're the only provider offering business credit yep. scores. And, and our focus was really on business. But mm -hmm. you know, for a business owner, it's also important for them to understand their personal credit score because that also impacts them. Exactly. Well. Especially given you know, small every small business owner knows that you know, at the end of the day, you're gonna take out a loan, you're gonna be asked for a personal guarantee on most of this stuff anyway, right? So overall, again, three different places, and it's it's a benevolent little service you have there because people can sign up for free to get monthly notice as to you know go check their updates so that's great so you're using you're using equifax on the back end to score this so let's talk about credit scores what goes into them uh personal side how do people improve them tell me the story yeah absolutely so i guess to start off with there's kind of five main factors that impact your credit score so mm -hmm. if you're an individual you know looking to see at your credit score and want to understand why it is what it is the five things are firstly and, and most importantly your payment history so 
are you making your payments on time? You know, do you have credit facilities where you've demonstrated an ability, hopefully over a long period of time, to actually make your monthly payments and monthly obligations? And we're talking about scheduled or minimum, right? Correct. Yeah. yeah. So every now and then I see people get in this habit where tech cash grabbed of one than the other because uh, they're trying to pay out the entire balance. Not, not a smart move. Minimums right. at all times. Exactly. Yeah. yeah so the, the most important thing is that you're never behind on your payments. Yes. If you're behind on a payment, you miss a payment even by a week, that's actually going to really impact your score. Obviously, the longer the time that you miss it by, the worse it impacts your score. But the most important thing is that you're basically never late on a payment. Yeah. And that's going to demonstrate good credit behavior. And, to, and to be fair, not all creditors report if you're 31 days late, right? Like I, I find yeah. that generally the bigger credit cards, people People miss a day or miss a payment mm -hmm. by a couple of days. Yeah, that doesn't show up on my credit rating. Like I've had that where yeah. I go on vacation and whoops, and then you know it doesn't. Show, they're like, yeah, we don't report until sixty days, right? Yeah. But some of the smaller lenders I've seen do that. So it's if it's one day, don't <laughs> panic. Maybe call them and just make sure. But otherwise, uh, yeah, it's it's not that it's not just just make sure you pay on schedule wherever possible. For sure. Yeah, I mean, I think definitely there is leniency applied by, yeah. by different lenders. At, mm -hmm. you know, but, but at the end of the day, if you don't need to take a chance, don't take a chance. Absolutely. That's always our advice yeah. no. to people, right? So, you know, when you, when you think about what your payment dates are, have them in your calendar or have pre-authorized payments coming out yeah. of your account, just to make sure that you're always going to be on time. Because exactly. why take a chance if you don't? Yeah, I mean, the, if, you're, if you're not super diligent with your paperwork and payments, yeah. do something to, to basically automate that. Because otherwise, yeah. or it's, it's just going to hurt you. Absolutely. So what's, what's next? What's the next so, big factor? Ne next big thing. Is, is what we call utilization. So mm -hmm. utilization is essentially all of your available credit, what percentage of that are you using? So let's just say, you know, you have credit card limits of $50,000. The important thing from a utilization perspective is not that every month your balance is $50,000. That means that you're fully maxing out all of your available credit. Mm -hmm. Usually lenders and the credit bureaus like to see utilization around 35% or less. That's kind of a magic number where they mm -hmm. say that's a healthy amount of utilization. So and that's, correct me if I'm wrong, that's usually done per credit facility. So if you've got right. like a student loan, a line of credit and a credit card, and this is one thing that I think the credit scores are just dead wrong on. I mean, the smart thing to do from a financial standpoint is if God forbid you're carrying credit card debt and you're carrying some other loan, the smart thing to do, as we always coach people, is to try to basically pay off the credit card as fast as possible, let the other one stay, you know, even if it's maxed out, right? That's the smart monetary thing to do because you're minimizing interest payments. However, you're actually penalized for that from a credit standpoint. I know it, it is interesting. The foundation of credit reports and credit scores is borrowing history, right? Yeah. And it's it's kind of funny, you know, that that some people get penalized for not having a credit history and not having any borrowing history. I, that, I know yeah. that there's a lot of irony in that. As a company, we do our best to try to reward people for that. But yeah. absolutely, in the market, historically, that is how people have looked at this. If you don't borrow money, are you going to be able to repay your debt? But it's true. I mean, it's a behavior, right? Yeah. JP Morgan himself, the big man of banking for so long, when he was uh, testifying in front of a set of subcommittee hearing at the, at the, during the Great Depression, they asked him, like, what is the most important factor in lending money? And he said, character. Right? And that's the old, you know, four C's, credit, character, uh, collateral. Yeah. And what's the last one? Uh, capacity? Capacity. Capacity, yeah. right? And they're like, the center was like, surely, what are you talking about character? Surely it must be like their, their cash flows or, you know, how much they're putting up for, for collateral. And he said, no, I'd rather lend money to someone who went bankrupt, but did everything they could to pay everybody along the way for as long as possible than, than someone who basically has all the money in the world and blows it, paying everyone but the people they should. It's no comment on Trump there. Uh, anyway, <laughs> anyway, so um, so yeah, so that's that's something to consider. So even if you have you know higher credit rated facilities on some, the ratings on ratings on one loan than the other, know that unfortunately, if you keep the cheap one maxed out, 
you're actually going to hurt yourself a little bit. So um, it's a trade-off. It's a trade-off between credit rating and, and interest payments, unfortunately. Yeah, it is. And, and and at the end of the day, I think that lenders will also look at your overall utilization, right? So while it's on yeah. a per facility basis, it's also just as important to say, if my total available credit from all my different sources is $50,000, I'm only using 35% of that yeah. number. So I'm only using 175 um, yep. Out of that fifty thousand, I'm not now borrowing forty thousand on a regular basis. Yep. If you want to borrow forty thousand, try to get your credit lim limit actually increased. Yeah, you're be 50, sadly you're better off with a higher credit limit and yep. less use. And it's it's funny because my I had to explain this to my wife when she was like, "Oh, we have too much every month." I'm like, "We pay it off." She's like, "Yeah, but I just, I just want to cut it, right?" And just like you cut it, you're gonna hurt us. Like, stop yep. doing that. <laughs> like, anyway, so what's the next uh, the next one that comes up? Yeah, the next one is is credit history. So thing, things that come into uh, credit history is just around like your behaviors of using credit. Mm -hmm. So you know, when you think about borrowing from your different types of credit cards, like are you actually utilizing more expensive ones or cheaper ones? So that mm -hmm. kind of, you know, we were just speaking about that from a utilization perspective, but from a credit history perspective, they also look at, you know, what are the different types of credit that you might have? So for example, if you have a payday loan, that mm -hmm. will penalize you more than having a term loan, a long-term yeah. term loan from a bank. Yeah, I mean, it's just those types of loans. Yeah, I mean, long-term term loans, you're structuring them, right? Yeah. Like you're basically committing to a schedule. Payday loans are highly punitive <laughs> yeah. and typically are unfortunately indicative of short-term cash crunches, right? So, yeah. okay. So what's the next uh, factor to take into consideration? Uh, next one is increase. So this is, this is one that I think we've been trying to get more awareness to in the market. And I know a few other people to have too, but if you shop around, so if you're going to look for credit in lots of different places, those will actually have a negative impact on your credit score. So, so I apply for 12 different credit cards because yeah. I, you know, I want to see what I can possibly get. That's what's known as, I believe, a hard hit to your credit rating is a uh, credit score is that right that's correct yeah. yeah so so you know if you're ever looking for credit one thing that we always advise people to check out is is it going to be a so hard hit or a soft hit so just a little bit of a plug here for us when we do an offer for a business we actually just do a soft hit so yeah. we have no impact to your credit score in order to offer you a loan there's a lot of lenders probably the majority of lenders will actually do a hard hit in order to offer you a loan so that will actually impact your score just to know what type of rate you could get yeah so what's the difference from your standpoint between the hard and soft Soft hits. Yeah. So, so for us, we actually don't see soft hits. Mm -hmm. So the way that it, that when we look at a credit profile, if somebody else has soft hit that business, we actually would never know. The only person that would know is the business owner themselves. So when they look at their own. So profile, end of the day, the lenders who go to lend you money have no idea if there's a soft hit done. And I mean, more often than not, and this you know legislation has changed where we live, but like pre-authorized credit card, like, like pre-authorizations where they're they're like, hey, you know, you've been oh sorry pre-approvals yep. where they send you, hey, you've been approved for this much. You know, it's not because they're just random throwing one out there. It's because they hit your credit score on this soft hit criteria, saw the bare minimum information that comes with that, I think which is just a score to my understanding, yeah. and then issued that. But that's not, or they, you know, when they call you and say you're eligible for a credit increase, or they, now we have to authorize that in, in Ontario. But previously it used to be like, here you go. We just increased yeah. your credit limit. Oh, well, thank you. Okay. So, so, um, anything else that they factor in or is yeah. that basically, yeah. So the last one, so the, these kind of last three are, are all grouped into one bucket, but, uh, the last one is basically the length of your borrowing history. So mm -hmm. unfortunately, if, if you, you know, just graduated yeah. from high school, you just got a credit card today and you've got three months of history. 
that's going to have, you know, you're not going to be able to start out with yeah. a good credit score. So the way credit scores work, just to be clear on that, is you start low and you build up to a high credit score. You don't start with a perfect credit score and then no. go the other way around, right? So the length of your borrowing yeah. history is It's important. not trust but verify. It's like, yeah. no, prove it. Right. Um, so, and this is what an important tip um, that I've been told before is if whatever your oldest credit card is, is the one that sets the, the timeline for your, your length, right? Correct. So if you, for example, we have a credit card now that's a free, free credit card and we don't even and we barely ever used a thing, right? My wife specifically, I'm not yeah. saying she doesn't understand how this stuff works, but specifically said she wanted to cancel it, said absolutely not. Like we've yeah. had that card for 12 years. And if we get rid of that, like the newer credit cards have been around for two, right? So mm -hmm. we don't show as much of an established pattern. Yeah, you know what, in 10 years, it look, I think it's about seven years to look back, right? Yeah. Seven years time, great, we'll cancel it then. But if it's costing us nothing, I'm not getting rid of it. Yeah, that's yeah. exactly correct. So so if you have a, a long-standing credit facility, mm -hmm. if you don't have other ones, advice in yeah. terms of not damage your credit would be don't close those long-standing facilities because that will yeah. impact you. And you see that happen when like, especially maybe in business dealings or whatever it is, someone gets angry with their bank and says, you know what, I'm moving all my business to this location. Great. And, you know, they, they take their credit cards with them and suddenly, you know, the line of credit for the business, the credit facilities, credit cards, they're all, you know, fresh and brand new. Right. And yeah. that is actually everything else drops off and suddenly it's like, well, you actually did a disservice to your credit rating, unfortunately. Yeah. So if we're going to sum up kind of the key, like what are the key tips you would give an individual in to make yeah. sure they have a good credit rating? What, what are the big ones for you? Yeah, I mean, I think the first thing is being aware. So yeah. know what is on your credit report, know the things that are impacting your credit score. I think that's probably the first yeah. and most important thing. I think the second thing is goes to the very first thing we discussed, because that is the most important. Make sure that you're making your payments on time, yeah. right? That is just being diligent with your payments is not just going to help your credit score. It's actually going to help when lenders or other people look at your credit report is, is this someone mm -hmm. who's reliable, that yeah. I can trust. You mentioned character before. Absolutely. So I think like really demonstrating that positive character in many different ways ultimately is going to is going to benefit your credit score. And then I think the third thing is also checking for errors on your credit file. So we all like to think that our credit reports are perfect and that oh, they're, God, yeah, they're, not. <laughs> they're always like represented properly. We see so many times where someone says, what do you mean? I've been making all my payments and there's a line there that says they haven't paid for 90 days. Yeah. Um, so you know, it, it is really helpful to check your credit report and credit yeah. file just to know, is it actually reflecting what my borrowing history is? Even more is? simpler things like, especially when you, because when you go to do any of these services, even the ones that directly from there, they, they always ask you to verify certain information. Number of times I've seen things like, oh, how did you manage to flip my home address with the company I used to work for like 10 years ago? Like, how is this possible, right? Yeah. So they will screw up everything from uh, addresses to facilities to any number of things. So yeah, I think it, it makes a lot of sense for, for you to check I would say with actually both facilities, I do this once a year. I, I actually have it on my calendar, check with both of them. And fortunately, it costs a little bit of money, but whatever it is. But I also think that the great thing about these services like yours is this this monthly update I get. I just go in and check and see what the change was month to month. And if, you know, if someone stole my identity and made all these credit applications, there's going to be notice of that, right? So this is also a way to prevent, uh, you know, personal identity theft. And I've had people ask, like, should I be paying for credit monitoring services? I'm like, look, you can do that, but this is free. And it's, if you just check every 30 days, really it's about catching it as fast as possible, right? Yep. So you're more likely to catch it if you just check every 30 days. Absolutely, yeah. yeah.
Anyway, other tips. So before I, I keep on stealing your thunder here. Yeah. yeah. Uh, well, I, I think we, we covered a lot of them as we were kind of speaking through the different things. But the one, you know, for small business owners specifically, mm-hmm. you already brought this up. But, you know, when you're thinking about changing financial institutions, this is something that we see really often with small businesses is I've got all my accounts with one and I'm switching everything over to the other. There's a lot of benefits in diversification. So diversifying like who your different credit sources are. So mm-hmm. a lot of people think like I'm with this one bank, I'm going to have my lines of credit, my credit cards, yeah. like absolutely it's all on one website. But right. well, and you know what the thing is, the banks punish you for that too, because you know you want to go start with another bank. They're like, well, we don't have a relationship with you. And you're like, I'm trying to start <laughs> one. You seem uninterested, right? So let's just go over that. Let's just say someone you're sitting across from is currently in the process of changing their corporate bank. <laughs> Uh, including a credit card there. I mean, like I still have a separate card in Amex, right? That basically does. So that's, that's got a longer credit history. So I'm not hurting myself as much as someone who say had all of their stuff through, say, a bank with a green logo, moving to a bank with a blue logo, it cancels everything. Like that's not as that's not as bad, right? Correct. Exactly. That's right. But you can, you know, a lot like you know, our advice is have different accounts potentially with different banks. So maybe yeah. have a credit card with a couple of different bank providers. Yeah. And then there's also a lot of alternative lenders now. Building relationships with alternative lenders actually again is a way to build your credit score. Way to plug your company there. <laughs> I, I will I will give you an endorsement later. So good. A couple last tips before we move on to the corporate one. Any, anything else? I think that. The other thing that I I like to make sure we address to people is don't get too fixated on, I have a 680 versus a 720 versus a a 705. That's ultimately not the thing that, uh, you know, you should be focusing on as a small business owner, thinking about your credit scores, like rather focus on the macro picture of things. So focus on those big things in terms of borrowing history, credit history, the types of loans, you know, if you don't need to get payday loans, don't apply for payday loans. All of those types of borrowing behaviors are ultimately the things that we always stress to people to watch out for as opposed to you know the minutia of like if i you know why did my score go up or down seven points because the reality is there's so that many drives me nuts every day that, every time the number of times every time you know i I'm, I'm i'm bad at this i've gamified the entire <laughs> thing and i showed you my score and i'm damn near perfect and you know i feel like trying to get to 900 is like xeno's paradox you know you try to move halfway to the wall you never really get to the wall <laughs> yeah. just so yeah and every time every time i see the thing take a dip i'm like what what happened and i go over the report and i can't tell and maybe it's just i spent more on the credit card throughout the month so therefore i was closer to the limit or whatever it might be right so it's just it's not worth driving yourself nuts so let's move on to corporate credit, uh, credit yep. scores. So let's go into, so first of all, I, you know, most people have maybe an idea that they have a corporate credit score, but not necessarily know where to find it or how to look for it. So you've done a great job of providing that for free. So thank you for that. Tell me about what goes into the corporate credit score. How does that differ from the personal one? Yeah. So there's a few main things that go into the small business or corporate credit score as the different bureaus give it different names. Exactly. But the first is kind of your your banking trade lines. So mm-hmm. banking trade lines would be things like credit cards, loans, and lines of credit. So mm-hmm. those are the first things. And that's very similar to the consumer side of things. Yeah, so the just a diversification side. of credit you yeah. utilize or and, types of facilities. And all, all the details on that. So how big the facility is, how mm-hmm. old it is, how much you've used of that facility. So again, a lot of the similar things that they would be looking at on the consumer side. Mm-hmm. The second thing, which is different about business, you know, and you don't get on the consumer side, is is industry trade credit. Mm. So a lot of providers, suppliers of goods and services actually report into the bureaus as well. And and not a lot of small business owners actually know that. Mm. So if you're buying lumber from, you know, lumber company XYZ, and you're paying them 
later than you're supposed to be paying them. Yeah, they so give you 90-day terms and you pay 95th day, whatever it yeah, might be, yeah. That actually goes on your business credit profile. So mm -hmm. oftentimes, even for a small business, they may only have one or two bank trades, but we'll actually see you know, 10, 15 supplier trades based, mm. you know, depending on the industry that they're in. Yeah, I mean, it's it's smart business to basically stretch out those credit terms, right? It's yeah. basically, if you have 90s to pay, pay in the 90th day. I mean, let that money sit, you know, reduce your working capital need. One of the pieces of advice I've seen, you know, given to to many companies is, I've given it myself, it's like, well, what are your payment terms? Your payment terms are, oh, your, your payment terms are 30. How much business are you doing with these people? Call yeah. them up and say, look, I think 30 is not enough and extend it because, you know, every business owner knows that there's a certain amount of money that they keep in the company. And part of that, that's reduced if you don't have to pay, you know, X, Y, and Z for 45 days versus 30 or 60 versus that. And, you know, it's, it's, we've seen, seen a couple of clients who were able to pull six figure amounts out of the business or redirect that six figure amount to something else because of the extension of those credit, those credit terms. Yeah, absolutely. I think from a financial and cash flow perspective, we are a business that you know is focused on cash flow and helping businesses improve their cash flow so absolutely that's the lifeblood of any business right yeah. so so you know absolutely that is you know one of the best ways as a business that you can help to manage your cash flow is stretching out those payables and, and times as much as you can but mm -hmm. on the flip side of that don't go beyond what your agreed upon relationship is. So if they've mm, said, I'm going to yeah. give you 60 day terms, don't pay them in 120 days because that's ultimately going to impact your credit. And yeah. so why that's, that's important is if you then want to go borrow money from somebody, they're going to say, well, this is the character of somebody who said that they would pay in 60, but is actually but paying actually in doing, 120. Yeah. And I mean, like I, I you know, I said 95 versus 90, but yeah. let's be realistic. Most people aren't going to necessarily do that, right? They're not going to necessarily sure. report you in for five yeah. days. If they are, you're gonna, you know, looking at the report would be helpful to see who you're dealing with and why they're being so harsh. I mean, because everybody can miss by a week. But yeah, as you, the example of you know 90, but I'm going to stretch. I'm going to choose to stretch this to 120. Yeah, that's uh, that's that's a negotiation you have to make sure you're not violating terms first, right? So that's okay. So yeah. that's a difference. What else do we have? The next factor is pharmographic data. So this is actually a, an hmm. interesting one. This is okay. one that a business can't control. And I have um, no idea what this is. Continue. <laughs> so pharmographic data is industry that you're in, years yeah. in business, so how long you've been around yeah. for, the province that you're in potentially. So there is actually a lot of risk factors in a business that's associated with their pharmacographic details. And otherwise, if you're a restaurant, you're just frankly a different Good luck risk to profile. You. Yeah. <laughs> you're just a, a different risk profile than someone in the financial services industry. Yeah. Uh, and that's just based on historical data. Yeah. So, you know, there's certain realities there that, that you can't, you can't change but I think being aware of that is important because then that's maybe a case where you need to pay even more closer attention to your credit if you're in a higher risk industry. Interesting. So it's it's like a demographic. What I don't know where the term pharmographic came from, but sure, <laughs> uh, maybe it was because it was used from farms first. Who knows? So uh, so that makes a lot of sense, right? Different businesses, different structures, have different risk profiles, especially within the same region. It's gonna they're gonna be on they're gonna be affected by the same underlying factors. Yeah. Uh, I mean, good, I'm, you know, good luck to the good luck to the. Um, to the restaurants out there and good luck to the cannabis producers. Um, <laughs> let's, uh, let's, let's move on. So uh, any other differences? Yeah. So then the, the last one is that's different than the consumer side yeah. is liens. So liens would be mm, yeah. if, if a business has a lien registered against it, that means that they've borrowed and that borrowing could not necessarily be like a, a line of credit from a bank. It could even just be like, I borrowed uh, money to buy a car. So yeah. I'm financing a car. What usually happens when you finance a car is that the automotive financing company will register what's called a lien, which is a security interest on your business. Yeah. The more liens you have, again, represents higher risk. Yeah. So if you've got 
25 liens because you've got 15 trucks and eight cards and you've got two credit cards and then you've got a line of credit. Obviously on the one side, that's a lot of credit. On the other side, it's also saying that if I'm going to lend money to you, I'm now behind all of those all 25 other people. people yeah. Right? So everybody gets in line based on, based on when they came in. Right. And really it's, it's, it's almost like a list of personal guarantees for a person, but you know, corporately done. Right. So yeah. it's a lot of list of corporate guarantees and none of these guys are going to be, have senior position, right. They just have senior position on each other based on when they came into it. Right. Exactly. So, okay. And I'd say like one thing to look out for there is a lot of errors. Like a lot of times really? like someone will have borrowed money five years ago, paid it back, but that company may not have taken their lien off. They are supposed to, and actually the law says that they're supposed to, but yeah, these things but I mean, happen, right? It's, you know, administration and companies don't necessarily want to play with, you know, it also may not be their core business in lending, right? So yeah. is there any advantage to trying to say pool the number of your different facilities or liens that you have into maybe one larger lien or, you know, I mean, I think a term structured loan yeah. might make more sense, but you know, how's that work? Yeah. Um, I mean, I, I think, you know, when you're looking at the, the lean profile of your business, so who has security registered, I think it's, it's more important to again, be aware of that. So who is my primary lender who has like kind of the fast security yeah. position on my business. And then anyone who else is lending money to my business, make sure that that security is actually specific to what they're lending money to you for. Mm. So for example, if you're borrowing for a car, Really, that company should only be take, registering security against the car. There's no real need for yeah. that company to also have security against <laughs> your business's assets. Yes, as someone who went through a loan loan facility application where they literally tried to, I think almost you know put a lien on my children. Yeah, sometimes <laughs> it's just like you know a little bit over. Sometimes there's overreach. You know, yeah. I think you know everybody everybody tries to. You know, they, they're going to lend you an egg and they want the chicken secured, right? It's, it's a bit much. <laughs> I, th I think best example of that in the in the business space is um, uh, home equity. So mm -hmm. a lot of times we'll see people disguise business loans as it's a business loan, but really I'm giving you a home equity line. So what they're basically doing yeah. is just taking security on, on your personal residence. Exactly. And oftentimes you could probably get better terms on that in a non-business Well, capacity. that's, yeah, I know that's the irony. I've seen that before where I remember someone's like, yeah, they want to secure, they want like six points or something like that on this line and for the business. Yet, meanwhile, they were using the house as collateral. I'm just like, no, like just take it from the house's home equity line of credit of, of prime plus 0.5, lend it to your business at the same rate and it just flows through. And sure enough, that saved them like over two points. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So, I mean, again, you're just being aware of those things. Yeah. And if you're borrowing for business, borrow for the business. If you're borrowing for home improvements, borrow against your house. Like try yeah. to keep that separate. Keep that separate, yeah. Um, I mean, to, to the extent possible. Yes, because make your accountant's life easy. Make your, <laughs> you know, make it, the, the good thing, the thing about audits is that when you, when you can prove what you did with paperwork, they tend to go away. Uh, when you don't, they tend to look for more stuff. So yeah, I mean, it's, uh, and the good thing is, is that most of the banks are pretty good about being able to set up sub accounts on lines of credit now. So you can literally say, oh, this, you know, this 200,000 I borrowed to put in the business, carve that out as a separate sub account. And then you still have the rest of the credit available through a main account. And then I guess the last, you know, area for, for business owners to be aware of is an area that's also on your personal credit score, but often people overlook that because collections and judgments as in legal items mm. are not necessarily too oftenly seen on a personal credit profile. Mm. So, you know, on a personal credit profile, collections and judgments do come into play. So if somebody's suing you or yeah. if somebody has sent your file to a collections agency, like for example, you know, you haven't been paying your telephone bill Eventually, they send it to the client. Is that a common agency, one? Right? Sorry. <laughs> yeah. That is probably the most common one that, that we ever see. Yes. And well, I also, <laughs> it's interesting. So I had a conflict with a telephone carrier that shall not be named, but basically it's the biggest one in the country. And they tried to 
stick me with this fee on when I when I left them. And I luckily I know enough people at that company that this thing disappeared. But before that happened, they had passed along the file to a credit uh, to they they syndicated the credit, right? Yeah. So I for years now, every couple of years, someone else will buy that list and call me up saying I owe the money. I'm like, you show me all the evidence and that'll happen. But I can tell you right now, if I contact Bell, they wrote that off. So you bought <laughs> you bought a useless line on a spreadsheet, my friend. Uh, and they just the conversation ends right there. <laughs> for sure. Yeah. Um so you know, on on a personal side, again, you know, things to watch out for, but they're yeah. a lot more common in the business from a business perspective. Mm. You know, judgments happen a lot more often in the business side of things. You know, yeah. somebody slips and falls on your premises, oh, God, they yeah, file, yeah. you know, they file a lawsuit against you. Oftentimes your insurance yeah. hopefully will cover that, but it's still showing up on your business. Yes, yeah, so this isn't something well, you right? like, this is not you deciding to stick it to a supplier because you right. have a conflict. This is just, you know, someone's basically going after your business for whatever reason, right? And again, it could be a slip and fall, could be a disgruntled employee, could be any number of things, right? And this is, Welcome to the risk of business, right? Like yeah. if you wanted an easy life, you'd, you know, I'm not going to make a comment about government work, but continue <laughs> on. So yeah, and no, no one, no one listened to this podcast, believe for one second that they picked the, they picked the easy option. No, definitely um, not. <laughs> no, exactly. So, okay. Anything else they should know in the space? No, I think th- those are probably the the last two Excellent. when it comes to uh, to business credit. To, so to let's just reaffirm. So the, the website to get this is getloop.ca, right? So free credit score, your person and your business, you can track that over time. There's some recommendations. And then we'll talk about your core business now because um, that is also not something that's been, that would be of massive value to small business owners. And I can say I personally used your product, so I can literally endorse it. Um, and well, I'm going to let you talk about it first, and I can talk about some of the, the nice things I like in my experience. Yeah, absolutely. So our core business is Lending Loop. So Lending Loop, like you mentioned, is an online lending platform. It's mm-hmm. actually the first of its kind in Canada. We are a regulated entity that essentially allowed to match businesses looking for capital within individuals who want to lend money to businesses. So individuals being people like yourself and myself who have some extra capital that they Mm -hmm. want to deploy and they put it into small businesses. So a small business owner could in theory be either a lender or a borrower on our platform. Now the real benefit for, for businesses is we wanted to create a loan product that looks quite similar to a traditional loan product that you would look look to get from a bank. But the real difference with that loan product is that it is tied specifically to your business. So we're not mm-hmm. the, the provider that's got all of your accounts and your credit cards. Like we yeah. are truly a, a separate and standalone product. You're just kind of, you're facilitating the transaction. Yeah. And what that allows businesses to do is actually start to build a business credit profile because mm-hmm. a lot of people, a lot of business owners, when they get started, will either borrow against their personal home equity or they'll borrow on personal credit cards. And that actually doesn't necessarily benefit their business credit. No. Believe it or not, that just benefits their personal yeah. credit. And, and the banks can be pretty ridiculous in this yeah. note. I mean, they literally, personal experience, myself and other clients, they do not take any risk on this sort of thing, right? I mean, the honest truth is they, the only reason they take they give you multiples of your down payment for your home is because there's collateral and it's insured. But when it comes to your business, like people have asked me, like if I gave them like 100000 when I get back, I'm like 100000 your 100000 would be lent back to you. Like that doesn't make any sense. It's like, no, you don't understand. This is where collateral matters more than anything is in business, right? And I'm sure many people listening this is no surprise but i mean only banks in canada would come up with the concept of here's an idea give us two hundred thousand, put it in a gic and then we'll give you a line of credit for for, for two hundred thousand. <laughs> to which i remember when i was told i'm like let me get this straight you want to lend me two hundred thousand dollars at six percent guaranteed by my two hundred thousand earning one and a half percent like do you think i suffered a massive head injury that i can't <laughs> do that kind of math i'm like yeah but that helps establish credit pattern i said that helps me lose money so i'm basically paying you for the privilege for abusing my own money. I think not, right? right? Like this is so so frankly the the difficulty in establishing a small business credit history from lending from major facilities 
is pretty difficult, quite honestly. Right. right? So you're you're providing a facility for that. Yeah. So, you know, again, going back to that, as a business owner, we're giving you an opportunity to basically access yeah. an affordable source of capital yeah. to help your business grow, to do what it needs to do, whether it's working capital, expansion, renovation, all of those types. Of, you know, we basically fund businesses for almost any use case. Mm -hmm. And then what that's also helping, you know, tying that into credit is starting to establish business credit for a business. And that that's why we built the GetLoop platform, what getloop.ca is. We wanted to kind of create that close alignment between understanding credit and business loans, mm -hmm. right? There, there's a very close alignment, especially for a business owner who may not have ever borrowed from a large financial institution in the past. We're really giving that opportunity to establish your first sources of financing. So we're giving you that educational information, helping you understand what your scores are, the things that you can do to impact mm -hmm. your scores or change those scores. And then with that, then offering financial products that can actually help you at the end of the day. Absolutely. So great, I know what my credit score is, but really at the end mm -hmm. of the day, how we can help a business owner is by yeah. saying, your credit score is this, this is how you can improve it. And also if you're looking for capital, this is how you can get capital. So, I mean, you provide two things. You provide an avenue for investment of their money that maybe you know they can tie up for a while, but more importantly to them, you, you provide access to capital. So talk to me about the process, because this is one of the things that I thought was the best part of what you guys did. Because anyone who's ever you know tried to get a loan from a bank or from any other private facility, you know how painful that can be. Tell me about how you basically onboard people or just provide them with uh, information on quotes? Yeah, it's it's a very simple process. So to start off, there's an online loan application at lendingloop.ca. You go in and you can basically complete a full loan application in about five to 10 minutes. Mm -hmm. From there, you provide us with some basic information. So that information is typically just your bank data and your financial data. And then what we're able to do with that is essentially within two business days, turn around a loan offer for you. So as a business mm -hmm. owner from about two business days from when you come to us, you can actually have an offer for financial financing, which is an incredibly you know, quick, easy, and efficient process for a business owner. Yeah. And that's really what we're all about is saving business owners time and money. We know that's the most important thing for a small business owner that's building a business. So what we want to do is make the process of applying really easy, make the process of getting an offer really easy. And ultimately, if you want the funding, getting the funding really easy as yeah. well. And you contrast that to the owner of the bank where you know, you're two days, you've given the information that could get back to you for God knows how long, but you're not, it's not like you're being, not being diligent, right? So you've used technology, leverage technology. Yeah. In order to basically be able to turn around that quote. So what are you doing in order to base in order to understand the client so that you can offer them that kind of loan? We've built our own kind of proprietary risk models. Mm -hmm. And what those allow us to do is very quickly and efficiently adjudicate the risk of a business, right? Mm -hmm. So we look at things like the credit scores that we spoke about earlier, but then we also look at lots, hundreds of different data sources on the business to basically understand for a business, what is the risk associated with, with, this, with yeah. this company? And using all of these data data sources. So these are online data sources, offline data yeah, sources. Including like yeah. a, you link to their bank account and pull Correct. the transaction history. You can link to their accounting software, right? Yep. So the same kind of things that the bank is asking you for, but you're pulling it with a couple of logins. Yep. So, yeah. you know, for a business, there's no rummaging around, going to an accountant, asking them for you know information, yeah. getting it in paper, bringing it into a branch. There's literally, you know, the process of providing that data to us is literally two clicks. Like I, it's literally two clicks. And from there, you, you know, we have the data yeah. and then we can then give you an offer financing based off that data. So it's, it makes the process efficient both for the business owner and for us too. Absolutely. And that's one of the things I appreciate the most. I mean, before before the bank could even tell me if they were looking to you, told me that here's what it is and here's the rate, right? Like, I mean, it's like, great, you know, 
I'm shopping this around, but I'll get back to you and I'll let you know what comes back. And sure enough, you know, five days later, the other the other people get back to me, even though they had a five day head start, right? So it is what it is. So what size loans are you doing right now? Yeah, so we do loans anywhere from five thousand up to half a million dollars. Um, okay. So the, that's the the loan ranges that we're currently doing. And then you know, in terms of the, what the loan product looks like, it's it's a term loan. So that that means that you're repaying both principal and interest on a mm-hmm. monthly basis. And then that loan term can range anywhere from three months all the way up to five years. Uh, and that kind of depends on the business owner's preferences. Excellent. And uh, talk to me about the rates. How do they compare to what a bank would offer? Yeah. So our rates, you know, you know we, we're very transparent with all of our rates. That's really kind of one of the key ways that we like to do business is through transparency. So we, you know, our interest rates range from 5.9% to 26.5% on the, on the high end. The only other fee that a business will ever pay is an origination fee. Mm-hmm. So that origination fee ranges from three to six and a half percent. Now, that fee of three to six and a half percent may sound high, but I think the, the really interesting thing that we like to educate people on is if you go and get a facility from a commercial bank, typically the fee that you're going to pay is a review fee, yeah. a setup fee, a monthly review fee, and yeah. then an annual underwriting fee. So when you add all those fees up, it looks like it's cheaper, but in, at the end of the yeah. day, you're actually paying a lot more than a flat 5% fee. Yeah. I remember someone's like, wow, we're paying this much up front. I'm like, yeah, versus death by a thousand cuts, right? right? Like it's, I much prefer that kind of transparency. So, I mean, and at the end of the day, what you're doing, once this is approved, it goes on your marketplace, right? And for, you know, essentially this is a crowdsourced play, right? Correct. So investors, from all over the place can go on, look at the different loans and choose to lend this client's business money. Yep. So basically tell me about how much or how little they can individual can lend. I see yep. I see company ABC, I want to lend money to it. What kind of information am I seeing? How much or how little can I put in? Yeah. So increasingly kind of the way that investors are investing through our platform mm-hmm. is is through a tool that we built called AutoLend, which essentially is automated lending. Mm-hmm. Um, so what we're really trying to you know, make sure that investors do when they invest in businesses is diversify that portfolio. So that means instead of investing $10,000 in one business, invest $100 in 100 different businesses. Yeah, so that's, diversification, there you yeah. go. <laughs> so that, that's how you know the vast majority of investors do it. And so they just come into our platform, they kind of set their risk preferences. So they say, you know, high risk, medium risk, low risk. And based on that, our software basically builds a loan portfolio for that investor. So what that does for a business is also makes the process of raising capital very efficient mm-hmm. because you don't have to wait for investors to come look at the different opportunities that are available and see your business, decide whether or not they like your business and decide whether or not to invest. So that's the predominant way today that people are investing money through LendingLoop. I just turned that on, by the way. I didn't have that on. (laughs) (laughs) If a business or an investor wants to invest in a specific business, they can actually go onto our platform and look at specific companies that are looking for capital and invest that way as well. So they can go and look at who the business is, what they do, the business owner can write a couple of sentences as a brief description of that yep. loan. And then, you know, let's say you know, you're a yoga studio and I'm a yoga fanatic, I can go and yeah. invest in your yoga you can studio. Actually, you can actually lend money to businesses you know. I mean, yeah. and more often than not, I mean, when I did this in the past, I let, I'm in a financial advisor, so I can't actually let clients know. Like it's, yeah. it's, it's a conflict, right? But there were friends within the industry who were also financial advisors, like you're borrowing money at what, right? I'm, I'm, I'll totally lend you money, right? So they were informed investors. That was not an issue. <laughs> but, you know, for the average consumer, average user of this, they can like, tell their friends and family, hey, like I'm raising money to, to fund the business, blah, blah, blah. You can participate this. I'd rather, you know, I think we'd all rather pay interest to people we know than people we don't, right? I mean, that being yeah. said, people we don't want the money, then so be it, right? <laughs> so 
frankly, I think it's, uh, I think you put together a very lovely service because I've used it in the past. I've recommended it to clients in the past and they've been very exceedingly happy with it. And one of the other things I want to touch upon before we, before we finish this up is your proprietary risk score. And I think this is a story that, that needs to need some attention. So you put together yeah. a, a picture of a risk score of the client base versus what a conventional lender would look like, look at, which is, you know, basically your credit rating. How does that compare? Are you lending to people that otherwise would be passed up by other lenders because yep. you have a better view of them or how's that working? Y yes, absolutely. So, you know, when you think about, I think this is the classic example to, to help put this into perspective is the most common thing we see is a business owner has bad personal credit because they've been borrowing on their personal credit cards since they started their business, right? And that's that's understandable. Mm -hmm. That was the easiest and, yeah. and most available source of, of credit to a business. Yep. And so as a result, their utilization has been close Zero, to 100%. Right? Like yeah, all, that, all, yeah. all the credit card, yeah, yeah. that's for sure. Yeah. So, so they, you know, they've been maxing out all of their credit facilities and they have bad credit score. So, you know, if you, a traditional lender would usually look at that person and say a bad credit score or high utilization rejected. Yeah. You know, what we do is we take a, all of the different factors into consideration and kind of build one consolidated picture. So, okay, sure, you've got high credit utilization. However, your business is generating strong cash flow. You've been growing every single year. You're a business that looks like I would want to lend to you. I'm going to actually give you more credit for the fact you have a good business than the fact that you've been borrowing a lot on your credit cards. Yep. And I think that is really the, the philosophy that we've approached how we evaluate business risk is it's not about just the business or just the consumer, because when you're starting a business, it's kind of one thing. Mm -hmm. So we really try to evaluate the overall picture by bringing into play, you know, what is your consumer risk? What is your mm -hmm. consumer credit behavior? What's your business risk and business credit behavior? And using that combined factor, we can then go and say, okay, you know what, despite the fact that their credit, personal credit profile says one thing, mm -hmm. we actually believe that they're a good credit risk and we can lend money to them. And I think yep. that's really how we're trying to change the way that people look yeah. at small business credit. And this is a bigger and bigger issue because, I mean, anyone who's been through this knows that essentially small business banking is something different than the next level, which is commercial banking, right? Yeah. Commercial banking at a certain level, they will take the time to fully understand your business inside and out, similar to what you're talking about. You can sit down across and explain, you know, this is an exceptional item. This is what happened to me this year. They typically understand and that sort of thing because they've seen complexity like that before and they make a more informed decision the problem is the thresholds for getting the commercial banking and just keep on going up and up and yeah. up right and the rest of us and myself included struggle sometimes because you know whereas a commercial I, i've talked to commercial bankers like oh yeah we take your deal in a heartbeat but you're too small we have to send you to small business banking and the next thing you know you'll go small business banking and they're working off a checklist right and that checklist guess what you don't hit that checkbox sorry nothing i can do for you so you know having alternatives such as yourselves which are basically frankly moving into a space that the banks are not as interested as moving in uh, you know are moving out of frankly or making it harder for because they're trying to squeeze whatever margin they can out of it is useful so thank you for that because again personally used piece personally endorsed and i've had clients do the same thing or and, and utilize your services to much acclaim so kato this was great uh I hope everybody learned a lot about credit scores today and a lot and about an alternative lender. In addition to that, so let's just talk about, uh, we talked about Get Looped. So what is your main business? Where can I find you? Yeah, so, you know, I would say if, if you're a business owner looking to understand more information about your credit score, I would go to getloop.ca because yeah. that's really where you're going to get that education on mm -hmm. what your credit scores look like. Yeah. And through that platform, you can then understand what are the things that you can do to improve your credit. So we've got resources and tools like webinars or email courses on steps that you can take to improve your credit. And sometimes mm -hmm. that's actually personalized to a business. So I'd say if you're looking to understand that information, go to getloop.ca, completely free and sign up there. Through GetLoop, if you're then interested in, in borrowing, 
if you're qualified for a loan from us, you'll see a recommendation to get a loan from Lending Loop. And what we do there is we actually look through your, your credit profile and then we only recommend Lending Loop if you're actually qualified to borrow from us. So that really creates a more hmm. seamless experience yep. for a business owner. So okay. if you focus on credit scores, focusing on understanding your financial information, go to getloop.ca, check out your information. And then if you're interested in borrowing, get to uh, LendingLoop.ca. Fantastic. Cato, well. thank you for your time. I appreciate it. Thanks for having me. So that was my interview with Cato Pastol of Lending Loop. I hope you enjoyed that. Uh, I hope you take the time to sign up for his website, specifically Get Loop, so that you receive your monthly free credit reports, both personally and corporately, and just be aware of what they are. And hopefully, you know, like me, obsess about them just a little bit and try to make them better. I would also encourage you that if you're looking for lending, please check out his uh, site. I'm not just doing his an advertisement. Most certainly, this is not a paid advertisement. I took no compensation, but I have used his service and it was much better than my conventional experiences. So as always, this has been Jason Pereira, and this is the Financial Planning for Canadian Business Owners podcast. And if you enjoyed this podcast, please review on Apple podcast stitcher google play or wherever it is you get your podcasts until next time take care this podcast was brought to you by woodgate financial an award-winning financial planning firm catering to high net worth individuals business owners and their families to learn more go to woodgate.com you can subscribe to this podcast on apple podcast stitcher google play spotify and soundcloud for more episodes go to jasonperera.ca You can even ask Surrey, Alexa, or Google Home to subscribe for you.